welcome to the Feeder Series. This week we're talking to Oliver Webb, who came third in this year's Formula Renault Championship and is moving up to Formula 3 for 2010. Oliver, you've been in Formula Renault for two seasons now. How do you feel those two seasons have gone for you? Um, well, this year it's gone uh, very well. Uh, I was leading the championship for pretty much the majority of the season. Uh, I had a bit of a bad uh, second-to-last round, which meant that uh, I got taken out by a back marker, which uh, put me to third in the championship, and I stayed there uh, until the, uh, the end of the championship. So I finished third in the championship, which isn't bad for uh, my second year. Um, and uh, I'm now testing in Formula 3. Is Formula 3 definitely what you'll be doing next year, or do you still have other options on the table? I've got a couple of options, but Formula 3 really is the prestigious way to go. Uh, people look at it as a very well-rounded respected championship. It's very hard to do well in. More physical, uh, such things as fitness and nutrition, um, your mindset, everything uh, is doubled, if not more, in a Formula 3 car than in a Renault. It's more challenging, and um, I certainly see the car better, and I'm hoping to win it in my first year. How do you go about improving your fitness in the off-season? How do you plan that? Well, really, you do need to see a few people, even if it is just a local fitness trainer, um, preferably someone who's specific towards racing, um, just to give you a few guidelines. I mean, obviously, budget's an issue. You're trying to find the budget for the year. Um, you don't want to be going out and spending it on uh, all the extras when you've not even got your budget for the main year yet. Um, what I did is I saw a few different trainers, uh, found out what seemed to be best, and um, when I can't see a trainer, um, I'll do it myself and follow that regime. Uh, in Renault, you don't really need to do more than an hour a day, five days a week. Um, I've actually just done a, a four and a half hour training session uh, just now. Um, Formula 3 is a lot more physical and when you, if you do do well in Formula 3 you need to be fit enough uh, that if someone comes along with an F1 test or a GP2 test you need to be able to go and do that hands down um, and do very well in it so you need to be always a step ahead in your fitness and uh, if you're fully committed that won't bother you at all nutritionist wise um, again same thing you need, to, you need to see some people uh, it's, it's, everything is a key factor towards it. If, if, you're not, if your body's not fit and your mind's not fit, if you've not got the right headset, then you're not going to win. It's just as important as how good you are on the track. There's all sorts of mind coaching things you can see, but it's not normally so much of an issue unless you're under pressure from other athletes. What do you do in one of those four-and-a-half-hour training sessions? What kind of fitness do you focus on? Well, at the moment, um, when you're in Formula 3, you're trying to strengthen your core and your neck. So you've got, um, you'll heard of G-forces that you see in F1 car. In the F3, you can get up to 3.5G, which is um, around about where the F1s are um, pretty much all the time. But obviously, that's the max for F3. It's not quite as physical. Uh, the race is longer than three. They're about 40 minutes now. So the training sessions uh, are very important. Today, I was focusing... Uh, on upper body stuff, um, you still do need legs. Um, you've got to hit that brake pressure, brake pressure at about 150, um, 150 psi or bar uh, at max, which is what you need to be able to do. Um, such thing as neck, the very intricate small muscles that you have to slowly build and then uh, obviously sustain. You've got such things as neck trainers. But then there's all sorts of things you can do. Your typical, your typical exercises. 
do come into a factor, but obviously they're very specifically designed for racing. Some of them, um, I'll just warm up at the beginning. Um, a lot of strength uh, exercises so that I don't put on weight, but gain muscle tissue um, so that you still look lean. There's not much fat there. Uh, generally, drivers are better um, and fitter when they're smaller. I'm actually fairly tall being six foot. Well, I say fairly tall, I'm very tall for a driver. Um, you need to be between 5 foot 8 and 5 foot 11, really, is the ideal. It's also easy to get the blood around your system that way. So I just did, you do about an hour's CV, three hours muscle work, three sets of everything you do, make sure what you do is constructive, uh, and then you can do different different types of things on different days. Like tomorrow, I'll probably take it a bit more easy and just do an hour's swimming um, and a light jog, and then hit the hard again and do four hours. We know that all the best drivers start in karting. How has your karting experience helped you in your career? Uh, for sure, it, it does help me quite a bit. Um, I actually did very minimal karting and started quite late. Um, Lewis Hamilton started at 7 or 8. I actually started at 11 and only did club karting for a year and a half, two years. Um, I did very well and it taught me the basics. And you certainly do need to start in karts. Uh, but the, the days of being in it for three or four years, I think, in my personal view, are over. And I think you can afford to do a year or maybe two. And then kind of getting cars quite early. I was uh, doing 140 mile an hour in cars when I was about 14, 15 years old. I moved up as quick as I could because um, I'd started quite late. Um, and it, it certainly benefited me. I, I had a, a manager, Michael Bentwood, uh, who was in touring cars and did do a bit of F3 as well, who helped learn the basics. I certainly think at the beginning of your career, if you're aiming to do it properly, you need someone there to teach you those basics. Um, on and off the track, as well as skills on the track in karting. Uh, karting sometimes teaches uh, bad mannerisms and you need to get rid of, as you progress more into racing, need to be more calm. Racing on track in a car is very different. But obviously the basics do need to be learned there in cars when you're young. And then uh, your professional side off the track, as well as off the track, uh, will progress better as you go into cars. You won the Formula BMW scholarship, but can you explain the scholarship to us and how it affected your own career? Um, the scholarship was a, a good thing to do. Any kind of scholarships you can do are certainly worth doing, not only for getting your name about and proving you can do it, but the budgeting that you get, um, as well as the budget, uh, the contributions to the budget that they got, they also got um, help in fitness and nutrition throughout the weekend. Uh, it also, I got into it um, by uh, just generally reading about it and applied and then there was a shootout and then if you, if you did well in the shootout which was literally just time lapse then you went to Valencia uh, and uh, there was the first pretty much the first time I'd been in the car uh, got to grips with the car quite well and from there really there's, there's a couple of written things but generally it's how you perform on track at that stage they won't test really your fitness or anything like that until you get up up the stage because you don't need to be too fit in the BMW you can cope quite well on base fitness as long as you're not generally unhealthy and uh, I won that and was uh, quickest by quite a margin compared to other people but they did choose five people 
and I got that, and that helped me. And although my Formula BMW uh, year was was a very average year compared to some of the others, uh, I felt it taught me quite a lot. And uh, I'm now without manager. Um, even though Mark Clement did help me very much, I'm, I'm much more mature and independent now. And uh, I've become more aggressive on track and uh, have a better mindset and quality. And my years, and my, especially my second, from when I got my first win in the Spanish Spanish Championship in winter of 2008, my mindset changed. And when you get that first win, it, it does click. You know, you can do it. And now winning is what I expect from every single race. You got the opportunity to drive in the Formula BMW pit lane park in Germany a couple of years ago. What was that experience like? That was great. It was something that uh, I really, really look forward to doing. Things like that. Not only the fact that you're your little kid inside, you love to do donuts, but it was also great PR for myself being in an F1 weekend, being asked by the BMW F1 team to come and do some donuts um, in the Formula BMW by side the Formula F1 car doing it at the same time and that was great fun, the, the crowds at Grand Prix are obviously uh, tremendous, hundreds of thousands a lot of people there and uh, I got to do for four days straight um, God knows how many millions of autographs and um, driving up and down, doing donuts and showing my fitness uh, in the fitness section and Pit Lane Park is just a great thing that BMW BMW did at the F1, the F1 races, and it shows gives gives a chance for the public to get up close to an F1 car and what an F1 driver should be doing, and what a proper BMW driver uh, hopes to be an F1 driver is doing. How did that opportunity come about for you? It came about for me from generally being one of the uh, well, I won student of the year for Formula BMW, and it was actually halfway through the year that they chose me to pit lane park because I think they saw me as quite a uh, a good model for BMW good good person to represent them uh, and I showcased myself quite well um, although, I, although I wasn't winning the championship I had the all round package and they saw that and they chose me to fly out and, uh, and paid for me to do that You just mentioned Formula 1 there is Formula 1 your goal or do you have other goals as well? No, Formula 1 is the single and only goal you started your car career in T-cars. How did those first years in a tin-top series help you in your move up to single-seaters? Well, it was um, pretty critical, to be honest. You need to come out of a car, but you need to learn how to use a clutch, even if it, even if it is only on the start in cars now. Um, you need the feel of the clutch. You need to learn how to use gears. And progressing from an H-box to a sequential paddle is a natural progression, and, it, and it's what you should be doing. The, um, the T-car was a very good car to start in. It wasn't ridiculously fast. It had intermediate tyres. It was a stripped-out road car, to be honest. Uh, but it was it was very good for its purpose. It taught you to be close to other cars, touring car style, quite close. Uh, got all the fear out of the way. Uh, if there is any, some drivers, some drivers have it, some drivers don't. And it teaches you all the basics. Um, a cart sometimes wouldn't, although sometimes karting can, can can be more physical. There's that technique, and when you're doing all sorts with your feet, your hands changing gears mid-corner, and you're looking around a lot heavier object that can snap a lot more than a cart, um, 
going a lot quicker it certainly teaches you more than when you progress into a single seater like I did I knew more of what I was doing and it made the sequential gearbox more of a blessing than if I'd come straight out of cars into a single seater whereas then you have to learn how to use the sequential box what have been your high points and low points of your career, the defining moments? Um, I think the highest point would probably be at Jerez at the end of 2008, getting my first win. In two times I had a, a numerous amount of podiums, lots of podiums, and took it a bit for granted. And had a, had a drought in BMW, I don't think I got one podium throughout the year. I didn't see the car, um, I didn't get along with it well, and uh, it got my confidence a bit. Then when I got my win in Renault and Jerez, everything changed. I went into the next year fighting and won the first race straight away and uh, got quite a few podiums and started slaps, lap records and so on, which uh, meant this why I led the championship to more than anyone else throughout the season. Low points below door is very low. One of the lowest was probably being knocked off at Rockingham uh, by someone who wasn't fighting for the championship at all which put my hopes of winning the championship not being from first to third and my main rival got two wins the same weekend that I got knocked off so that was pretty much my low point And just lastly, how certain are you that you're going to be racing in Formula 3 next year? Um, I'm 99% that we'll be with Fortec in F3 next year um, Fortec has told me it's 100% but I know how things go so I'm not getting my hopes up. Um, however, I'm, everyone is confident that that is what I'll be doing next year, fighting for all the championship. It's incredibly hard to get a budget. We've tried everything, all sorts of different ways we can. They're, they're uh, being very good about it. Um, we've got a good relationship with them. We wouldn't want to go with anyone else. I think, yes, Carlin have a very, very good car, good team. Uh, and I've been with Carlin in Formula BMW, they're very good people. I've worked with uh, a lot of people who are now actually in the Formula 3 team that progressed up as well, like the drivers progressed up, the mechanics and engineers progressed up. Um, but I just feel that with some of the budgets in Formula 3, like the high-end the high end team being the same price as some of the World Series teams, is a very, very expensive formula and it's why we were thinking of going straight to World Series. But Fortec have been very good to us. We thought we found a budget and we've decided that Formula 3 is the championship you've got to win. And if I do do well in it, I do well in Macau, and do well in Spa, races like that, F1 teams do start turning their heads and do start giving you tests. Thank you very much for your time and we're all looking forward to seeing how you do this year. That's it for this episode of the Feeder Series. For more information on this podcast, then visit www.feederseries.co.uk. We've had a change of website and address in the last few weeks, so check it out for all your Feeder Series news. Summer Music Tonight is provided by Mevio's Music Happy. Check it out at music.mevio.com.